All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. It is 2021 now. So first episode of 2021. Uh, I really, I can't believe 2020 is over. I'm happy to leave it in the past and move on to a better year that has started off much better than the entirety of last year because on January 1st, the Buckeyes won. January 2nd, the Cavs won. January 3rd, the Cleveland Browns won. And the Cleveland Browns made it to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. So I really, truly cannot think of a better three-day stretch to start the year off with, get things rolling. And it kind of had me really reflecting back to earlier in the year when, you know, everything shut down and we had no sports. Literally, there was nothing to watch. Not a single thing other than replays of old Cavs games or the Michael Jordan documentary. There was nothing to watch. And I'm just feeling very lucky right now that we have sports to make things better in a time where most things pretty much suck. Uh, It's just nice to really escape from the world and escape from everything going on, any concerns or worries or fears, just get away from that for a little while um, and enjoy watching our teams play. It's It's been truly the one thing that has helped me mentally stay through this last year and keep going and keep pushing forward. Um, so yeah, just kind of reflecting on how, how all of that has been and, and where we are now. But obviously want to get into all of those games, kind of listed out those first three games to start off the year. But um, yeah, let's get into it, starting off with the Cavs. So wasn't really expecting for the Cavs to do all that much this year. Um, They have a young team and obviously did not have a great season last year when the season kind of ended early. I think we had 18 wins maybe. Uh, so, you know, not not the, not the greatest Cavs roster we've ever seen out there. But right now, the Cavs are 4-2, which is pretty exciting. Um, and I think the, the brightest spot of it all has been Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, just a looking phenomenal. Colin Sexton is averaging 26 points per game right now, which is pretty incredible. Darius Garland, 17.2. Um, and then even as you go down the list, Andre Drummond, 27, or sorry, not 27, 17 points per game. Uh, Chetty Osman, 11.2 points per game. JaVale McGee, 10.5 points per game. And you go down the list, um, and lots of guys are contributing, which is really great to see uh, a balanced roster like that. Um, a lot of people getting in their minutes, getting in their time, gaining some confidence. Uh, I'd really like to see, I know it's a shortened season, um, but I'd like to see 30 wins at least on the board for the Cavs this year. I think that would I would be satisfied with that. I know we're probably going to go through some tougher stretches where we aren't min- winning as many games. Um, it's a long year. You never know what happens with COVID and all of that kind of stuff, so... 30 wins is something I would be satisfied with, Uh, but it's overall really just great to see them hustling. It it seems like they care, and they're really trying, and they beat a decent Hawks team the other day who is expected to be pretty good, and we were down significantly and really cut that lead down, came back, and were able to get the win, uh, which was awesome. The 
only other thing in the NBA that I wanted to just quickly touch on as a little note of pettiness, which I enjoy at times. So I'm sure I talked about this on a previous episode when Kyrie went on Kevin Durant's podcast and, you know, had a slight dig to LeBron, which he says wasn't a dig to LeBron, but it was a dig to LeBron, where he basically said he's never felt like he played with another guy who could make those clutch shots at the end of the game and he was really happy to have KD on his team now so he had someone else who he was confident that they could make those shots too. Uh, Well ironically both of them had the opportunity to do that another night. A couple nights ago there was clock running down in the fourth quarter. Kyrie takes a three, misses, rebound, gets over to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant shoots a two-pointer, misses, they lose the game. So I'm just super, super stoked for Kyrie that he has someone clutch on his team now to really help him out and make those shots and get those wins. Uh, So yeah, that's my petty, petty moment of the day, but just had to put that out there. All right, so next up, college football. Um, Before I get into Ohio State, kind of just wanted to touch on bowl games in general. So it's felt like a weird year for bowl games in a couple different ways. Um, I think it's just been a weird year for college football. These, Whether people want to realize it or not, these kids made massive sacrifices to play this year, probably being extremely secluded, not getting, getting to see their families, um, getting to do anything other than school and football um, in order to try to not get COVID um, and ruin their team season. And they're not getting paid to do that. So I really think they made some extreme sacrifices. And I think you saw a lot of extra people sitting out of bowl games this year or teams not playing in bowl games. I think maybe a small part of it due to that, the COVID fatigue, and it's like, if it really doesn't matter, then just go home and be with your family sort of thing. Um, And then there's the other part of it where kids who plan on going into the NFL draft sit out of their bowl games, obviously, and start preparing for the NFL draft in order to kind of shift their focus to staying healthy and getting ready and all that stuff. And I've continued every single year this conversation never goes away. I've continued to see people getting mad about people sitting out of bowl games. And I just don't think you can place that blame on those players because, again, these are 18-year-old kids who are looking at the opportunity of a lifetime to potentially make millions of dollars in the NFL, and their goal is to stay healthy at that point once they've proven themselves to the point that they are being considered for the NFL draft and have a shot at it. Um, They just need to stay healthy and they need to start preparing, and you can't fault those kids for that. If you want to be mad at that, you have to be mad at the system. Like Something needs to change in the system in order for something to change with the actions of those players. They're not just going to decide like, hey, we'll just, you know, maybe ruin our shot of making millions and millions of dollars just for this one game that I'm not getting paid for. Like, they're just not going to do that, and nobody can expect that from them. So I think I need to see more people start getting mad at the system itself and the way it works and not necessarily these literal, like, teenagers sometimes, specifically. Um, So just, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I feel like I was seeing a lot of slander on their names, and I just don't think that's, that's a fair assessment to make. But anyways, getting into the Ohio State game. So Ohio State beat Clemson 49 to 28. And 
it really wasn't even a competition. Like for I as a as just an anxious sports sports fan was obviously nervous the entire game and afraid that we were going to find some way to blow it. But it it really we had a significant lead the majority of the time, which it felt great. And Justin Fields deserves all of the respect in the world for playing the way he did, especially after taking that hit where I swear his back broke in that moment. Um, It was a tough injury. Ryan Day says that he is good to go for the Alabama game and he will be playing in the national championship. I'm sure that doesn't mean he's not banged up because I think he's just thinking, I'll take care of that after the national championship is over. Uh, But it was incredible to see him make those throws down the field and in the pain that he was probably suffering while doing that. It was beautiful. Um, Trey Sermon, another massive bright spot. It was, it's been a pleasure to see him really show up in the Big Ten Championship as well as the game against Clemson and find his way. I mean, he has really talked himself into the NFL draft and potentially moving up with each run he takes in these games because he has been quite impressive. I also thoroughly enjoyed the look on his face on his one run where he was definitely down um, and they let him, they let the play play out and he scored a touchdown, obviously was overturned because he was very clearly down, but that smirk on his face was just an all-time moment, the stare into the camera breaking the fourth wall. I mean, you just love to see that. Those are the moments that we live for, the memes that we can use forever. I loved it. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall exciting to win, especially after the Dabo to Ohio State slander of ranking, ranking us at 11 in his rankings. Um, it's just interesting, like the way the narratives are written of these games. I mean, people were saying that Ohio State was worse for playing six games and that they wouldn't have enough time to like get that flow um, and get their team together. And now they're saying that, well, they were just well-rested and that's why they had the opportunity to beat Clemson the way they did. It's because they were well-rested. Because nobody ever just wants to give credit and say that a team was better. I understand that we played six games. We're super aware of that. But we looked like the better team in that game. I mean, both teams were playing hard, throwing their bodies out there, and we were the better team in that game. And regardless of if it was six games or not, we were the better team. So... I don't care what anyone says anymore. I don't care what Dabo Sweeney says. I don't care that he thinks that his rankings didn't motivate Ohio State because they definitely did. You don't say that and not think it's going to motivate the opposing team when you disrespect them like that. Um, But overall, wouldn't change anything about it. Happy to see it. Um, And looking forward to playing Alabama in the the coming week. I don't know what's going to happen because I think we actually have a shot at winning, but Alabama is is pretty incredible, and I think it's just going to be another offensive battle uh, and just who who can win that battle. So we'll see what happens. And the last topic I want to get into today, the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. 
2002 was the last time they made the playoffs. I was seven years old. So don't really have like mental recollection of that happening. Um, But it's, it's hard to find the words for what this means. Honestly, I cried like a baby on Sunday when that game ended. I was just so overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do watching us win that game, hearing Baker get all choked up um, in his interview on the field after the game, talking about what this means to the city of Cleveland and the fans. And I just love the way that he has embraced this city and the fan base as a whole. It feels like he gets us and he understands us. Um, And if you're a Browns fan and you've been a Browns fan for your entire life, like most of us have been, you have always wanted a quarterback to speak about us like that. People love to hate on Cleveland, whether it's hating on the city or hating on the history of our our sports franchises. People just, they love to like poke fun and make fun. And so it's nice when someone like Baker comes in who has had no previous connection to the city of Cleveland. You know, he was born in Texas, ended up playing football at Oklahoma, And he comes to Cleveland and he just clicks and he gets us and he understands who we are as people. He understands who we are as fans. He understands why our sports teams are so important to us and how much they do mean to us. And he takes that seriously. He doesn't think it's like some joke, you know, a joke of a franchise that he's coming into. He truly wanted to come here and make things better because he knew that we as a a fan base and as a city and a franchise deserve to be that great organization that I always hear my parents talk about from a bajillion years ago when the Browns were really good. Um, So it's just, it feels so good hearing him talk and hearing what he has to say. And I couldn't ask for a better quarterback, Um, not just for the way he's been scrappy and figured out how to win games this season, but just who he is as a person and who he's been to Cleveland. I just, I wouldn't change it. I I wouldn't want anyone else in this league, truly. Um, So shout out to Baker, man. What, what a guy. But anyways, so we beat the Steelers and are going to play the Steelers again, which is it's it kind of sucks because it's like uh, I wish we could just match up against someone else but at the same time the Steelers are probably one of the teams when you look at who we could play in the playoffs they're one of the teams that I would want to face up against because we can beat them um I would not want to play like the Bills right now or honestly the Titans I, I would be a little bit nervous about trying to beat the Titans again I know we beat them once but you know, they're, they, they're quite a team and they could get things going and they almost came back in that game and beat us anyways. Um, so I don't think I would want to play them. Um, but I think we could beat the Steelers. Uh, I mean, we just did. Obviously, they had some of their backups in and we had some guys out. So it was a little bit of a different game than hopefully it's going to be um, this coming week. But um, I think we match up better against them than we would against some of the other teams we could have potentially played. Uh, Steelers fans, I lived in Pittsburgh for, for a while, and so I, I experienced Steelers fans, and they're an interesting bunch. Um, they don't get Browns fans. Like, they they don't understand what we've been through because they have had a franchise that has been good for a long time. 
Um, so they just don't really understand us and they don't realize that like what they say actually does, it has no effect on us. Like our, we have struggled as an organization so much that we have hurt ourselves so many times that the Steelers saying anything to us literally just bounces right off. It means nothing. It means literally nothing. I don't care what any of them have to say about our team and our organization because I love our team and our, our organization and nothing they say is going to change that. Um, they love to say that, you know, we beat them when they had their backups in. They had Mason Rudolph in. Um, obviously, um, TJ Watt was not playing. Uh, but, you know, we didn't have Denzel Ward, which was a huge miss. And the Steelers completely capitalized on our lack of not having Denzel Ward out there. So, Fingers crossed we're getting him back for this game coming up because um, they were able to capitalize on his absence, and I'm hoping that with him back that kind of takes away one of the holes that they found in our game. Uh, But I really don't want to hear them hate on us for beating them by two when they lost to the Bengals. The Bengals, let me clarify, the Bengals post Joe Burrow injury. So it was not even the Bengals with a great quarterback. It was the Bengals with their technical backup. Um, And they barely beat the Ravens when the Ravens had a COVID-depleted roster and all those COVID issues. RG3 was playing. So I I don't even want to hear it. Like you... You think that coming at us with those attacks is going to do something to us, but it doesn't. Like, we watched you guys suck for many weeks in a row, uh, so you have no you have no effect on me. We haven't, we haven't even lost two games in a row this season. Guess who has? You guys have. Um, so, yeah, I'm just like, I'm done hearing them <laughs> yell at us about things that we don't care about. Um, but as for the Browns, you know, Going into that game, we had a tough week with COVID again, not only taking some guys out of being able to play, but also just not allowing us to practice with having to close our facility for most of the week. Like that makes a difference in how you prepare for the game and how ready you are to play in that game. Uh, So, I mean, hopefully this week we're clear, we're good don't have any issues, and we can get back to normal, um, which will make a difference in how we play as well. I mean, they weren't the only ones who didn't have guys out there on the field that they would have done better had those guys been out there. Um, yeah, I. the last thing I want to say is about uh, our guy, Kevin Stefanski. I mean, coach of the year, for sure. He, there's no way he doesn't win it because it's incredible what he has done for this organization. And um, one thing that kind of stood out to me was during that game, a lot of people, including myself, were yelling at the television screen saying, why is Nick Chubb not running the ball more? Uh, especially when you're in a third and three moment and you don't give the ball to Nick Chubb. It's like a little bit frustrating because you you don't get that down then. And you knew if that he, he was out there, you would have gotten it. Um, but Kevin Stefanski basically said, without really saying it, that he was trying to not overuse Nick Chubb and give him some rest. And 
man, props to him because I just didn't even think of that when I was watching the game. I kind of like the strategy of playing more of a vanilla game to keep people rested and not give away too much of our game plan or too much of the different things that we could do and, and show that to the Steelers this week, knowing that there was a very high probability if we win that game, we end up playing the Steelers again in the following week. Um, so he kind of had that in mind. I will say, though, it was a little bit too close for comfort. I would have uh, liked to have maybe that strategy in a game that we won by more than two points, but at the end of the day, it worked, so... I'm going to accept it. I'm going to be happy with it. And I trust Kevin Stefanski with my life, really. So um, he's done just such an incredible job. Every answer he gives in an interview, I love uh, what he's done with Baker. Just the confidence he's brought in that locker room and the stability. It it doesn't even feel like the team is nervous going into the playoffs. They're just ready. And most of that is due to the type of culture that Kevin Stefanski has brought to this organization. Um, I hope he is here for a really long time. I would love nothing more than for him to coach here for many, many years to come. So then this coming weekend, we got Brown Steelers again. Um, I don't know how I'm supposed to work this week because... It's just too much. It's too much emotion for me to handle between the Buckeyes and the Browns. I mean, both of their seasons could have ended last weekend, and neither of them did. And we're here now, and we're still going, and we've got more football. So 2021 is off to a good start. I'm happy with it. So that is all I have for you guys today. Um, If you could share this with a friend, you know, give me a reviewer ranking on Apple Podcasts, follow, subscribe. Um, if you don't already, follow the Instagram, just a girl from Klee. I believe I changed it to just a girl from Klee underscore. So it's a little different now because it's going to be less podcast focused, more general sports focused, including the podcast as well. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter with all of my ridiculous sports tweets, Abby underscore Mueller underscore. Um, definitely check that out there. But go Browns, go Buckeyes. That's all I have for you guys. Uh, hopefully next time I'm talking to you, uh, Ohio State is one and the Browns are still continuing to roll through the playoffs. But we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening.